This season of Good is sponsored by Good Treatments. Good Treatments is a highly curated shop of pre-made treatment designs for commercials, music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments, only to have to start from scratch on the design. With Good Treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag-and-drop tools, you simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at goodtreatments.space. I, like, messed up my arm, dude. Like... Wait, like, what? My arm. Like, the, like, like the, the lower, like, the lowest part of, like, my, like, my bicep kind of, like, meets my elbow, I guess. From lifting weights? No, no. I don't know what from, um, but it's definitely like limited my ability to do that. Were you, uh, were you practicing your curveball? I actually dude, That's funny. I actually think it is from, um, I don't remember where I was, but I was throwing like a tennis ball. Maybe I was throwing a tennis ball to Arlo or something, but I was just like <laughs> zipping it, you know, just like, <laughs> and I think that I kind of tweaked my elbow. elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that that's why I stopped playing baseball? Really? Yeah. I fractured my elbow. Oh, pitching. Yeah. I never pitched. My dad, I I think I knew pretty early on I was never going to pitch. I just had no interest. I played second base. Nice. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I knew pretty early on I wasn't going to (laughs) pitch. And so my dad never even let me learn how to, uh, throw a curveball. Cause he's like, you're going to jack up your, your arm. <laughs> it's very true. He was protecting me long-term. I think he thought I was better than I was. That's nice of him. I was like really good. I think like the height of my, like I was like, um, at the height of my, my baseball abilities when I was probably like 12 to 14, I was like better than most. And yeah. then, like, kind of through high school, I kind of just like plateaued, where I was like above average, but not like great, right? By right. any means, I think about that all the time with Oliver, dude. Where like, is it wise for me to get him into certain sports that he just won't be tall enough for eventually? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, baseball is a good one though for that. Do you th- is he a short kid? He's going to be like, I mean, he's not he's not below average right now, but he's not above average in height but he's yeah. only i mean only you four. know look at the bloodline you know that's what i'm saying like there's nobody <laughs> tall in my family dude it all person. comes what about miranda's because it all comes like all my kids are like extraordinarily tall and it all comes from maria's side is Ma- maria's pretty um like she's like a quarter inch a, taller than me that's it i always picture yeah. her as like being way taller than you no nah, she's you probably wouldn't even if if we like stood side by side you can't really even tell but that's interesting. Um, Maybe she just comes but, across super tall. Yeah. Very like presence domineering yeah. over the relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, she's going to kill me, bro. She loved, she loved it. I showed you that, uh, that DM that she sent me, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, she just said, you she both are loves, sickos. Yeah. It's a bunch of sickos. Yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm good, man. I had kind of a rough night. Couldn't really sleep very well, but. Mm. Is what it is, you know? Because of something? Just Oliver sleeping in our bed. Mm. Just like, can't get over. Like, did you guys ever have that problem? 
No. I mean, no. I mean, Molly's still, our youngest still crawls in our bed every once in a while, but not like yeah. every night. But I mean, Arlo, the, the dog, sleeps in the bed every night, which is. Yeah. Dude, can I open up about something he said to me yesterday? Sure. I picked him up from school and he got in the car and he I, he said he didn't like me in front of his teachers. Why did he say that? I don't know. Damn. It made me really sad yesterday. I'm still getting over it, if you can't tell. Maybe that's why he didn't sleep last night. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, actually, I was fucking depressed yesterday because he got in the car and he fucking said he didn't like me. And I'm like, bro, come on, dude. What do you need? A hug? <laughs> I did have to, I did have to like get on him to the other day, but maybe he's just, he's a sensitive kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. dude, so we had a good question come into, uh, the good podcast yesterday. I think we should probably touch on it. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and just read the question. And uh, for anybody listening, if you guys have any questions, just DM, DM us on Instagram. We'll, we're doing these dailies so that we can, uh, you know, so me and Jared can stay connected, but also just because we want to give you guys more episodes, we want to answer some questions from you guys. Um, so, yeah, if you have any questions, just let us know. You know. All right. This question comes from Alex <laughs> Gilbert. What's up, Alex? In episode two of the dailies, Jared mentioned not being attached to a production company and needing to assemble a team for each project. I'm curious to hear more about the specifics. (laughs) I'm curious to hear more about the specifics of being independent and running a production like that. How does it work? Where does the money go? Do you as a director have your own LLC? How do you manage the client? Do you pass off most of the client management? Lots of questions surrounding this topic. (laughs) <laughs> you can yeah, you can answer this too. Yeah, I'll jump in. He said Jarrett though, so I'm gonna yeah, let okay. you go first. All right. Um I mean technically how it works is I just have to find a production company for every project. Which isn't that difficult. It just depends. It's kinda I, I just kinda know like based on the relationships with companies that I have, like who's gonna take like who's gonna be best for a certain type of project, right? So like um, I identify that company. I reach out to them. Sometimes they can do it. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they're interested. Sometimes they're not. Um, well, maybe a basic question would be, why do you need a production company to do that project? You know, like, well, they just have the infrastructure to, I guess, to your, to your question, Alex, like, uh, they have the infrastructure to, to like, because as far as I understand it, maybe you can help me with this too, Christian, yeah. but most, most productions uh, are having to front 50% of the budget, right? Pretty much Sometimes. like they're having to, um, but whatever, whatever the, 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 how it breaks down, they are having to like basically go out of pocket for a moment until they're take the risk. Yeah. There, there is like a, a risk, right? Um, so that's something where, just all the logistics and insurance and all of that stuff, just kind of the accounting side of it. I don't touch any of that. So that's why I think a production company, obviously they have uh, just so much infrastructure to, to make these productions happen that I don't pretend to, <laughs> yeah, I don't do, I don't do any of that. That would be um, a bad idea. So uh, 
there's so many reasons that a production company is needed and important. Um, but I think the main thing is just like, um, they pull off productions all the time, uh, and they have kind of like the built in infrastructure to, to get these things done and the relationships to bring people in producers, even if they're freelance producers, whatever, um, to make this stuff happen. So, uh, I don't, would you add more to that? Like what a production company? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that they offer is, is sort of the, the stuff that is the most terrifying for sure for like a single person to try and handle. Um, not to say that there aren't some projects that are, if they're small enough and I can sort of do it a little bit more Yeah, yeah, on a homie deal, um, that you wouldn't sort of, you know, take the risk on that and, and just pay everybody yourself or whatever, or run it through a, a local production company or something or a friend or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing that they offer is, is sort of like, you know, for example, your Gracie Abrams video, you know, you're not from LA. Like you don't like, if you have to shoot in a certain place or if the client is wanting to shoot in a certain place, but the budget isn't high enough that, or if you're not signed or whatever, um, you'd have to basically find a producer that works at a production company or, or find a production company that would help you facilitate that in wherever location you are. Um, but yes, the biggest thing that they offer is insurance for the production. Yeah. Um, and relationships with relationships, and people they work with all the time and accounting stuff like that. Yeah. A trusted source. But, um, and I would say for, for, um, production companies I always return to it. It's like uh, a level of like taste, you know, Yeah, that they're going to bring to the project. Like working with, I worked with ways and means on those two kind of back-to-back videos at the end of last year and Jet and Lana who, who uh, run ways and means, I mean, they are just like, they're like one, they're super smart Two they just have great taste, you know, like right. they were bringing ideas to the table that I was like, so happy they were involved just because they were bringing like such, such like uh value in that way to the project that um I haven't always experienced, you know, sometimes it really is just like accounting, you know, <laughs> it's not right. always like a creative value that the pr- production company brings, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying that more and more. Same thing with like Mr. Mr. And, and uh shelter on this video that I, Worked on, I'm still working on. Um, yeah, a lot of value brought on the creative side too. I think the maybe one of the questions that people would have is like, how often are you doing that sort of finding a new production company? I mean, is it every time? Every time. How 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 many times do you like double on a production company? Like go back to the same production company? Often. Yeah, it's pretty much the same ones over and over again. Um, but none none of them are like have rosters, you know, right? Um, which I think there's so so many, and there's a lot a lot of smarter people who can speak to this more than I can. But it feels like the way of the future a little bit to yeah to not do that. I mean, I, you and I have both been on plenty of production company rosters and. Um, it's just kind of it. I will say it works for some people. Usually like the top, like 
the cream of the crop of the production company. It like works for beautifully. I think, um, if it's a production company with a ton of directors on the roster, not always beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 it can get frustrating working in that way. But, um, I do think I like the autonomy of being able to like, you know, go from project to project. I, I do think that there is, it is kind of the shitty part of the job too. Like a music video comes in or a commercial comes in and having to find a company to, to take it on, um, can get a little like fatiguing, but you know, I'm surprised that you don't have like a, a super steady producer by now that just works all those deals for like, you know what I mean? Like you get a project in, and there's like not like a first call person like it's you finding the production company. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just how it is right now. Um, and I don't hate it. I don't hate yeah. it. I have a, I have a lot of friends that I like working. I like working with different people for different things. You know. Um. I think there is def definite benefits to having a kind of home production company that yeah. everything goes through. Um, it just, it definitely like simplifies a lot of things, but um, let me ask you this and we can cut it out if we need to, but why did you end up leaving stink? We ever talked honestly, about this? Uh, I mean, you and I have talked about it for sure. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but um, I'll just say this first. Like I, I loved everybody I worked with at stink. It was yeah. a great opportunity. And I'm not just trying to be like, um, whatever, like politically correct or whatever the term right. would be. But, uh, I genuinely had a great experience with everyone that I worked with. Uh, it just got to a point where I was just not winning. I was writing so much and so much of my time was going to writing treatments that were going nowhere. And honestly, just, just brass tacks, like financially, I just like, couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Like I had to like, uh, it wasn't like completely exclusive. They were pretty, um, flexible with me getting work elsewhere, but it was exclusive really. Um, so I just had to like kind of detach and, and go make money really. Yeah. Do you feel like the, well, like, when when it first came about, what did that feel like? Like, did you have this sort of vision in your head of what it would feel like? Um, when they when I, I was first approached to to yeah. sign with thing, yeah, it was like here's the answer to all my problems. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it was like the culmination of a lot of hard work, you know. Um, and then, and I will say, like, they worked really hard. Still, one of my, one of my best friends, uh, in the industry is who signed me, you know, um, right. She's Katie Lambert. That's who I just did, uh, um, this music video with in Kiev. So we're still very, very close. And, um, uh, I love her. Uh, yeah. but the experience at stink was, I think, um, it was hard too, because I was on technically on stink rising, which was kind of like the up and coming talent, like wing. And that was all kind of being run for the most part, uh, from the UK. So my team was really in, in the UK. And I, th I think if you asked Katie, she would probably say that was part of like the difficulty was, 
um, me being in the States and my entire team, including my rep, my music rep being in the, in the UK. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't, I mean, they, they were able to kind of like, uh, get briefs and tracks in the States from time to time, but it was just like, not quite there, you know? Yeah. I think all this to say, like stink is like an amazing company. Amazing like, company. Not, not saying yeah. anything about stink. I think what is interesting and I think what needs to be talked about more is because it's not a downside. I think it's just a reality that not everything at a production company always works out. You know, I'm sure no. there's dozens yeah. and dozens of product of directors that would sort of have experiences like yourself. You know, I think for me, it got to a point where it was like, I, I, you know, I talk about it like this with, with younger directors from time to time where it's like, it felt to me like, you know, the, the difference between like renting a house and like owning one or something where it was like, my creative energy was going into things that would just disappear. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like I was like building anything. Right. So basically I, I left sync knowing that like, I, I want to make movies, you know? And I was, I was beginning to feel like have, I was beginning to have the realization that I had kind of gotten like distracted, you know? Um, and I had gone really hard into like music video world and commercial world. Um, and I told myself that I was going to like graduate to making movies at some point. Right. Right. And I, I think I just had a moment of like, I'm writing, two treatments a week, maybe more, maybe less on some weeks, but, um, I'm writing like a madman and all this creative energy. That's just kind of like flowing out and like kind of going nowhere. You yeah. know, it's not even like it's going into projects that I'm just like making money on that. I don't love. It's like, not even that <laughs> I would have killed for that. <laughs> Were you ever getting point. paid for treatments? No, never. Um, and so it felt to me like back to my analogy, like, I was like, I had to kind of like take myself by the shoulders and like shake myself and be like, bro, this isn't like what you really want to be doing, you know, Yeah. kind of. And so I was like, I need to like put this creative energy into something that's like mine that I like, like desperately want to do, which is to make movies. And I literally like left in September of 2019 um, and finished my first feature script in March of 2020, which is funny. We all know what happened in March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I finished a second feature script in, uh, July of 2021. Um, and my, my, uh, treatment writing, like the volume went way down and percentage of winning went way up. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm not saying it's anything about stink or that situation or the people that were involved. It and and also um I would yeah, I was able to to make significantly more money than I I was when I was there just cuz it I don't even know why or exactly how, but it was just uh my wheels were just spinning a lot, you know. Yeah. Was it hard to sort of make that jump though? Surprisingly not difficult, honestly. Um, 
I'm sure I you just felt knew. like it was you were just at like the bottom of the yeah of the I don't know. It was just time. It was just time. It was just time to go. You know. And again, I I like the hardest part for me was just like the relationships that I made, like um, with like Katie and Martha and and my rep Sarah, um, and you know Jeff and other guys at at Stink, like. Um, and you know, I had friends on the roster too, you know, like Elliot and, and Solomon and, yeah. um, others. So it was hard to say goodbye in some ways, but I knew I was like beyond sure that it was the right move, you know, yeah. um, which I know from, I try not to factor this in, of course, to like <laughs> massive decisions in my life or career, but I know it, it felt weird or counter counterintuitive to, to go backwards um, to a degree. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of knew that I had to like step out of it, step out of kind of, kind of like disappear and regroup a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting talking to Katie um, and Martha in Nashville. Yeah. What was it last month or something? Yeah. <clears throat> and they said something really wise, which is like, if something's working for you, like what's, yeah. what's, what, what is so scary? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is no, like get the idea that there's some sort of greener pasture, like around, like everything is, would be a massive change for you to have to like restructure the way that you're, you're making projects right now. And if it's yeah. working, then, then why work? Why, why change it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. I just think like, I feel like I'm being extra vulnerable in this episode for some reason. <laughs> we haven't talked about any of this stuff. Um, I think that me coming to a realization that like, if I, I mean, dude, we've been trying to make a, movies for a decade plus, you know what I mean? Like person, like on our own, but even like way more intensely in the past two years. And it's still so hard that I'm like, dude, I think the idea of like, making commercials being in that world and kind of passively like thinking a movie might come your way or it's just impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think it, it took like a decision to be like, this is what I want to do. You know? And I think yeah. in the same way, commercials are really super hard. And I think, and it, again, this is not like some kind of like thing where, I'm saying one's better than the other. Dude, I tried to make it in commercials and I didn't. I mean, I, I, I still make commercials from time to time, but like it's, it's not, it has not been like where the traction has really been yeah. for me personally. So I'm like, kudos to the, to the, to the, you know, guys and, and girls who are like killing it in that space. Cause it takes so much commitment to do that, yeah. you know? Um, and I think in the same way, it takes a ton of commitment to make movies. And I, and I think when I think about the amount of effort it takes and the amount of time and the amount of rejection, <laughs> uh, I'm like, man, I'm, I can handle that when it comes to like making a movie because I, I love it. And that's what I want to do when yeah. it comes to making commercials. I just don't know if I can stick around for that, you know? Yeah. I How think do, it, where are you on? Where are you in all this? Yeah, I have, um, I have a production company that I'm signed with in for Latin America right now called Roommate, um, and same thing in 
the states. Like I work with uh, Thousand Foot Squid pretty often. I used to work with Namesake in Utah pretty often. I've worked with Caravan in, in your neck of the woods. Um, yeah, worth mentioning that like that's an amazing. That's one of like the amazing companies that I work with, and there, you know, I think that the way they structure things where like it's not like an exclusive roster, but they do have directors that they support. Right. That feels kind of like the the future to me. Yeah. I think that is sort of, I do like it, you know, cause I think there's, you start to be able to, um, and I would say it's less about what they're giving you, but more about like what you can partner with them for, for specific things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think the, if you go into it with, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get signed to stink and I'm just going to be filled up. My calendar is just going to be filled up with projects. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I accurate. think it's, it, I think you have to look at it from a different point of view, which is what can I give to them? And yeah. are they the right yeah. partner for, for me exactly. for these specific things? You know, like I would go to, um, one of the production companies for very different, you know, almost like larger or more like feature ideas or like, uh, pitching for right. like actual things right. more than I would at the other, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, but that's the production company sort of carving out a space that they like to work in as well, you know? Yeah. And I think as directors, it's hard to put yourself in a, in a box with a production company that does a very specific thing, you know, I think that to yes, me is like the yes, kicker. Yes, yes, is like yeah. for me to like contractually sort of like sign with a company. I think it has to be like a massive sort of understanding of not understanding, but just belief in like that your your work is going to have value at that place and not the other way around. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, worth mentioning that that is my dog whining in the background. Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> so it's not confusing for people <laughs> who are listening. Everybody's like, is Jared crying right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to kind of, and I wouldn't say that it was like a failure, but I, it's hard to be like, yeah, that didn't really work out. Yeah. You know, but it's true. It just didn't really work out as much as I wanted it to. And as much as, um, other people involved wanted it to, my dog yeah. is freaking out. You chill, dude. Um, yeah, that's not something that I like saying, especially like, uh, on a podcast, it's going to like be on the internet forever. But, um, <laughs> I think the, the more vulnerable someone can be the, I guess the more understanding that would come with, with the, uh, the issue for sure. Like, well, I, think I just know I'm not the only person that feels like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think the, I would the, say the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like the, I guess the, uh, the opposite's probably true. Most, like most people feel like that. I think there's a small amount of people that are like killing it that don't feel like that. Sure. Of course. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah. I guess there's, there's the, there's the hard part now. This is like ultra vulnerable, but like, I feel like, okay, cool. I've kind of like, um, again, I'm still making commercials. I'm still making music videos and making like whatever, um, to make money. Um, but I've kind of put all my eggs in like the, I'm, I'm going to 
make movies basket. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I think, you know, you and I are in the process of, I mean, kind of getting my first feature off the ground with some other partners. And I think the, the thought of like, if this doesn't happen, have I just like ruined everything? That's a scary thought. I think know? it would be like that if you hadn't made anything. Like if you went through 2021 and didn't make anything, I think there would, yeah. you'd probably feel a little de- deflated right now. But I think, dude, that's a really good thing for people to remember. Like if you feel like you need to find a, a production company or if you want to work with more production companies, like you can't, you won't make those relationships unless you just make a ton of shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Not yeah. shit in quality, but like just. A I think ton that of- is probably. I'm sure there are like younger filmmakers watching this that are like, or, or listening to this that are like, thinking that we kind of jumped a part of the conversation, which is like, I don't have any friends that run production companies. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I think, I think to your point though, that's that's right. I think. Um, I think well, just to like make it practical, would be that you. Jared have like a, a body of work that yeah. you can email basically uh, almost, I would say any production company, if you need help with something that they would look at your body of work and go, Oh yeah, we can help this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? But that take, that took a decade, if not 15 yeah. years, you know what I mean? To get to the point where like the last 20 things that you've made are fairly successful and look a certain, like have a very specific voice to them, you know? Yeah. I think the same for, for my work as well, which is like, like you have to have the, a substantial amount of work for people to like, if you have a short film or like a piece of like a documentary or like a piece of branded content that you made for your friend's brand, like I think the chances are lower that you would get a response um, unless you're coming to a production company with like a half a million dollars in like a commercial. Exactly. Yeah. You know I, mean? I will say anybody respond approaching a production sure. company with like, exactly. Appro- approaching a production company with the project that you've secured or that you've won. It, 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 the barrier of entry is lower, <laughs> you know, yeah. of being like, would you like to make some money? Um, yeah, that definitely makes the conversation go a bit faster, <laughs> but I will say, sorry, I, I will say, that's definitely not always the case. For example, like I've definitely taken things to caravan or to ways and means or to RH at creative team where it's like, Hey, this is kind of like a, just a cool project. Yeah. And they like believe in me and they believe in the concept or, or the artist that's involved or the creative or whatever. So I, I just wanted to like definitely say that there are plenty of production companies and a lot that we're associated with too, that take a lot of risks just based on believing in us, Yeah, you know? hundred percent. Um, so that exists too. So it's not always just like, uh, here's money and it's super easy. Like a lot of people that are making really cool work are taking pretty big risks, like in a very like, you know, uh, financial way. Yeah. You know, let's take like five minutes and just go over like, okay, step one, what do you do? Right. You get a pro, you get a direct email from a, a artist or a brand or an agency or whatever. Yeah. Like first call for you. What is that? Yeah. I will say it is somewhat backwards because I, there, there have been a lot of uh, situations where I've written on a project and say it's a music video, the label commissioner just like won't accept. They won't even look at the treatment unless it's been signed sure, off. Sure. 
uh, for working, working for the budget. So that hasn't been my experience in the, the past few years, because basically I'll submit a, a treatment and then the artist is like, I dig it. Let's do it. And then I'm like, cool, let me go make sure we can make this for the money. Right. And there have been some frustrating situations for labels where they're like a little aggravated because maybe there's an assumption that it was already like kind of vetted for budget. You know, I don't know if that is always the case, but uh, you know, we put, and so basically I'm like, cool, good. You guys like it. Let me find a production company who can swoop in and uh, put in a bid. So that's kind of the next step is like, we're going to factor in all the logistics based on the creative. Um, and there's a line producer or someone at the, at the production company who's going to comb through the creative and bid this thing out based on all the different elements yeah. that are, are written. Right. And then they'll submit a very specific uh, bid to the label. And ideally it comes out at <laughs> the budget that was allotted for it from the label to begin with. So, Let's say, let's say a label, uh, or, or my, my music rep comes to me and it's like, Hey, um, we have a track in from so-and-so Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi <laughs> and you have for Bon Jovi, let's say, you know, you have like 120 K. Yeah. Right. So then when I sit down and this is not always the case, you could ask anyone who's bid a job for me. Um, I usually write a bit too big, but like I can kind of gauge just from experience, like kind of gauge, I'm going to write creative that fits roughly within 120 K just kind of knowing like, like the, the scope that I have with that amount of money. And then I write it and then I'll hand it over to the production company. Sometimes it's more than one. Sometimes I'll, I'll go to a production company who I'd love one there. They might not, they may not want to make a video for Bon Jovi, <laughs> which has happened right. before for sure. Um, or they can't make the money work. So then I'm like, okay. And then I, I go to another company and they can't, or in the, I mean, very specifically in the case of, uh, uh, this most recent music video is like the label and, and, and the artist loved the creative. And so we ended up like taking it overseas to see if we could like figure out a way to still make it without sacrificing major elements of the creative. And that's how we ended up in Kiev. So uh, that's kind of the process. And then once it gets signed off, like the bid is signed off uh, by the label, um, it gets like officially awarded, which means that funds are pretty much released from the label um, and uh, transferred to the production. I think I don't always, I don't know like if it's half or whatever, um, but enough for them to get the production rolling. And then, everything kind of kicks into gear. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the exact same thing. I think, uh, but I just have sort of like, uh, one or two people that handle, like take the stress off of me a little bit on like, um, yeah. Like Mel, my, my like kind of go to producer is is bidding things out and talking to client and, and getting on zoom with me, zooms with me the whole time. Which is a level of comfort that I, I I tend to like, which is something I think you need to find, Jared. Not to say that you you don't have, but I feel like do I do. That. I mean, I do have that. Like, it just it just depends on what company I'm working with. Yeah, you know, like if if I'm working with Ways and Means, like Jet or Lana is going to hop on and and 
they'll be there yeah. for the phone call, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, cause I'm not really talking with like client or artist or, or label really until it's awarded, right. you know, and then it's goes from there. But anyway, well, I didn't mean to go, uh, so personal, I think but people will love here it. Here we are. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap this up, but some cool news. I think we're going to have Josh Rubin, um, next week on an episode of the dailies, which is, uh, you might know him from college humor or uh werewolves within, which is this latest werewolves within. Yeah. yeah. So you guys should be, uh, stay tuned for that episode, but we'll be here tomorrow. Uh, okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, dude. See ya. Bye. This season of good is sponsored by good treatments. Good Treatments is a highly curated shop of pre-made treatment designs for commercials, music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments, only to have to start from scratch on the design. With Good Treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag-and-drop tools, you simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at goodtreatments.space.